0: welcome to uptown we appreciate you making us a part of your day we're here to empower encourage and uplift you on your journeys we invite you to join us we have wednesday night bible study at 6 30 p.m sunday service at 11 a.m and you can watch us online glad you're here let's begin today's message and i'm sitting back and Doing, doing me, I've just got to be honest, just doing, my, just doing me. And I'm praying, and I said, Lord, I said, uh, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to do this? I, and, 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 and remember what I told you when, when I first started, the Lord said to me, Greg, take them back to the basics. Remember that? And I said, okay, Lord, but he says, why did you do communion on the first and the third Sundays of every month. Do you do it because it's a traditional thing that you do? And I sat there for a minute, sitting at my kitchen table, and I said, hmm, interesting. And then the Holy Spirit said, I want you to know exactly why we do communion. And I said, okay, Lord. So I opened up my Bible. I don't know how you guys do it, but I opened up my Bible, and when I opened up my Bible, he, I was right into Genesis. And as I started reading in Genesis, the Lord started showing me, this is why we do communion. And I said, Lord, but we're in, we in Genesis. What that got to do with communion? And then the Lord said to me, it's real quick. He said, now just sit down, read it, and I'll give you the understanding that you need. I said, okay, let's go. If I had to title this, I would title it, The Father Will Fix It. Amen? Say that. Say that out loud with me. The Father will fix it. So when I opened up and I'm reading in Genesis, and you guys know I I like doing little points because it kind of keeps me in order. You know, I kind of stay on track, you know, because I can get all over the place. But if I got a certain point I'm trying to make, then I can stay on track amen and I I call the first point the lost connection amen I'm going to start reading out of Genesis chapter 2 verses 9 verses 7 through 9 and 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 this is like I said I've opened it up and I started reading and then the Holy Spirit started ministering to me at the same time amen Verse 7, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. The Lord planted a garden in the eastward in Eden, and there he put man, he formed. Verse 9, and out of the garden, and out of the ground, the Lord God made every tree grow, And it was pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Say that again. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now I'm going to go to verse 15 through 17. Amen? Then the Lord God took man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend it. Verse 16. And the Lord commanded man, saying, of every tree in the garden you may freely eat. But the tree of knowledge and of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. I'll say that again. Verse seventeen. But in the but the tree of good but the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. This teaching or preaching, I probably, I don't know what the, how the Lord is going to do it, but I'm not going to rush myself through it because next week is communion, right? Amen? And, 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 and so I'm going to take my time because next week when we do communion, is that when I finish the message, you will really understand why we do communion. Amen? God breathed his spirit into man, the breath of life. Isn't that what we just read? He breathed his own essence into man. The Bible also said that God provided for man. Amen? God placed every tree that was good for sight and for food and the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil was also placed in the midst where man was. The key is, is that what God is doing, God is telling Adam, I'm going to put all these things in here. This is what you can do and this is what you can't do. The Bible said that that, that Jesus said the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing, right? Amen? God gave man a command and told him not to eat of this tree. See, of knowledge and of good and evil. Oh, you will surely die. So when I'm thinking about this and I'm reading this is that when we think of the terminology die, we think of the terminology that we're just uh, 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 going to die, just drop dead and die. But that's not what God is talking about here. What God is talking about is a spiritual separation or a spiritual death. Now let's, let's read Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 13. And I want you to pay attention to this. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. Now listen, listen to this. It said the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field that the Lord had. Has made. Now, don't you think that God knows this serpent? He made him, didn't he? Amen. That's why the Bible said that Jesus uh, 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 endured all temptation and yet did not sin. See, the serpent was a symbolization of temptation. Amen. Verse 2. No, let me, let me finish. And the serpent field he's made. And, sa- and, and he said, talking about the serpent, and he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of the tree of the garden? Verse 2. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. Now, is it, she's telling the truth, right? Right? Amen. Verse 3, but of the fruit of the tree, that which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will surely, you you, you will not surely die. Listen to what he is saying to her. See, he is telling her, oh, wait a minute. I, I don't really don't think you're gonna die here. You know, I think he just kind of says something out there, you know. So immediately curiosity, the flesh, curiosity arises. Amen. Verse five, for God knows. Now listen to listen listen to what the word of God says. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now listen to this temptation. It said that you will be like the one who formed you, knowing good and evil. Now the thing about it is Eve has no idea what good and evil is. Read it. She she has no understanding at all what good and evil is. What caught her attention was that you will be like God. That's what caught her attention. She bypassed the good and evil part. She said, oh, I can be like God. Amen? Verse 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and pleasant to the eyes, and the tree desirable to make one wise, she took of it, she she took of its fruit, and ate, and she also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Verse 7, and when, then their eyes, then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves coverings, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Let me get back to that. I just want to read. And then the Lord God called Adam and said to him, where are you? And he said, I I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you not to eat? Then the man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. And the Lord said, and the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. One, the cunningness. The serpent knew God was not going to kill himself. Say that again. The serpent knew that God was not going to kill himself because it was his life that was in Adam's nostrils. It was his spirit. So what was God going to do? Look at Adam and kill himself? No. What ended up happening was That when Adam partaked of something, when his disobedience, his his spirit was separated from the pureness of the spirit that gave him life. The serpent knew that man would be separated spiritually because God's breath and his spirit was pure from sin. The serpent used God's words and twisted them in order to deceive. That's a lesson for all of us, that, that we have to watch, we have to be discerning. When somebody stands up and they say, thus saith the Lord, and the Lord said that this is going to happen. The Bible says in 1 first, first John chapter 4, I believe, that we have to discern the spirits. See, the Bible also says in Jeremiah 23, when the prophets stood up and declared something that God had said, then God told the prophets, this was a delusion of their own minds because I didn't say anything. Amen? We have to be vigilant and know God's word for ourselves, then nobody can trick us. Amen? Just because I stand up here as senior pastor of Uptown Church, you need to correct me. If I'm wrong, you need to be in this word and correct me. Amen? Don't think just because I am up here that you cannot correct me. Traditional thinking is what the pastor says is right. But I'm telling you right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, what God said is right. I am just a vessel for Him. Nothing more and nothing less. Yes, I had to go through the schooling, I had to take tests, I had to do everything that was necessary. The Bible says, give unto Caesar what is his and give unto God what is his. I had to make sure that I was credentialed before men, even though God had blessed me with the gift. Amen? But we cannot take this authority and abuse it. Amen? Are you with me? What was that? Yeah, the, Satan or the serpent used God's words and twisted them. And they ate and their eyes were open. The consequence of their actions opened them up to seeing their faults. See, before, they didn't know that they was naked, right? Right? So when they ate, when they partook, what happened? Their eyes were opened, good and evil, Their eyes were open, and now I see Ray Ray's faults. Ray, man, I didn't know you was like that. You know, I didn't know you had that attitude. You know? Come on, man, don't talk to me like that. All of a sudden, you you see all the faults. They were naked. In other words, their sins were exposed good and evil. The knowledge of good and evil, right? When a baby is born into the world, the, the beautiful young son that Emmanuel just, and just, just, just were blessed to have in their arms this past week. When that baby is born into the world, it is innocent. The innocence of that child is like God because that child doesn't know good or evil. It doesn't. That child will learn what? Good and evil. You see, that's why the Bible says train a child in the way and when he grows up he will not depart from it. I have to train my child and, and not be afraid to tell my child what is bad. And at the same time explain to the same child what is good. I have to explain to my to my to, to my young granddaughters and and, and 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 the young women that come into my life that their womb is precious. That there's only two things that give life. It's God in your womb. Take care of it. And God will bless you with it. Don't abuse it. Don't let some young joker come around and trick you because of deceptive words. Amen. They were still now, I want you to listen to what the word said. They were still able to hear the sound of the Lord. Now isn't that deep? You would think you would think because they sinned, come on now because they're sinned that they wouldn't be able to hear God's voice or the sound of God. I'm talking about mercy here, and I'm talking about grace, and I'm talking about love. I'm talking about forgiveness right here, that they didn't even know what forgiveness was, but forgiveness is already a part of the essence of God. So when we get this thing in our mind that, that oh, they don't go to church and they're sinners and, 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 uh, and I know they can't hear from God, the devil is a lie. I just, I just showed it to you right here. Because the, they were separated spiritually, weren't they? Because they, they disobeyed, didn't they? If they were separated spiritually and they disobeyed and they were still able to hear the sound of God, that teaches us something then, doesn't it? That we just can't cast everybody off to the side. Oh, they ain't Christians. They ain't been to church in 40 years. Oh, I, I, don't, know, I don't know if my prayer gonna, gonna affect them or not. But you don't know in that quiet place when you're not around, they might be crying out to God like, Lord, help me send somebody my way. But we done got in this old Christian thinking, oh, they don't know nobody. I I, I ain't praying for them, so waste of time. But that ain't what God did. Amen? Adam hid himself from the presence of the Lord God. Now, now this is what separation does. He heard the sound, right? Right? But yet at the same time, because he knew good and evil now, he had the knowledge of good and evil now, and his spirit was not that same spirit that God went woof, and man became a living being, is that now he has a presence that, I'm not fully connected to God, so I'm going to hide myself. Amen? That's what sin does. See, the Bible said that, yeah, sin would kill. But Jesus came to give us what? Life. The devil comes to kill, steal and destroy. And Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. If you guys follow me, you're really going to know what communion is all about. Amen? Now listen to this part. We heard that he still heard the sound of God, right? Right? And he was spiritually separated, Right? Don't take my word for it, read the word. Now listen to this part. And Adam was still able to hear the voice of God, even in the state he was in. Isn't that what did God say? Uh Adam? Well yet. If Adam was not able to hear it, how could he respond to it? This, this is the part that we have to understand that communion brings us back together. It, it brings us brings us back into God because something took place. See what God is doing here with Adam he is, he is letting us know from the beginning when Adam sinned from the beginning that he could Hear my sound, and he could hear my voice, but it was up to him to acknowledge his wrongdoing. see see and 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 this is the this is the part where we fail at. We think because uh I did something on on Tuesday that I'm separated from God on Wednesday, but the Bible said that my mercy is renewed, what, daily. I think a couple weeks ago when I was talking, I said, and God said, and and, and he made, and when he made and formed the earth, he said, and and the light and the sun and everything, and he said, and he separated it, and he said, and and this is going to be called morning, and and this is going to be called evening, and then he separated, and he said it was good, then he went to the next day right? That's what you call mercies renewing daily. See? If we understand that, if we understand that, every, that when God did something, he created something, the next day he did something, then he said it was good, and then the next day he said it started all over again. We have to understand as a body of Christ and as a church, and as followers of Christ Jesus, that his mercies renew daily. Don't make a difference what I did on Tuesday night when if I got on my knees before I got in the bed or when I rolled out to bed and got on my knees or if I'm walking and brushing my teeth and saying, Lord, forgive me for what I did Tuesday, but he's uh, like, what you talking about? But what are you talking about? Okay, okay, I I accept that you acknowledge your sin before me, but today is a new day. Don't you hold it again. Forgive yourself for what you did. Amen? Y'all enjoying this? Amen. Amen. God asked Adam a question and then told him, did I not command you not to eat? And and as I was studying this, uh, the Lord, Holy Spirit showed me something. It was like the eating symbolizes our own flesh weakness. My fleshly weakness is is the eating. Because I succumbed to something that I wasn't supposed to do. So it was my flesh nature to do. As, as, As a human being or as a man, I eat to what? Nourish myself. It's a fleshly act. See, I can, I can eat and eat and eat and indulge and get so big and then the next thing I know, I'm saying, Lord, why am I so big? And he said, push yourself away from the table. The eating itself wasn't the sin. It was the act of disobedience. I said, don't do it. Hmm. He said, you can eat of everything else. Now, Now, just think about this in this context. He said you can eat up everything else. So they walking around just having fun, just eating stuff. And then all of a sudden, the disobedience said, oh, well, that looked good. Knowing that the doctor just told me, he said, Greg, you in perfect health, but this blood pressure thing, we got to get under the control because it's a silent one. You can be just as a healthy as a horse, and this blood pressure thing will get you. So it said, she she basically told me this. She says, Greg, you can't drink no more sugars, and do not go to Sam's Club anymore and go over there to the pastry thing and get all them pies. And I'm looking, and my flesh is crying out, right? Do you know I had to go to Sam's Club a little after that to get some stuff, right? And my flesh went straight to the pies. Didn't go past go. Went straight to the pies. And I'm walking through the, through the aisle of the pies and the, and the, and the, and the aroma is hitting, on me, hitting me all in the nose. And, and I'm thinking about Mary. If I bring this pie home, <laughs> I ain't going to hear the last of it. <laughs> so I say all that to say is that even though she told me it wasn't good for me, my flesh still wanted it. my flesh still craved what was going to kill me physically. I would have been alive spiritually, but physically, it was going to kill me. If I didn't acknowledge and understand that I cannot drink sugar and I cannot stay away from Sam's Clubs and, and my friend goes to Costco's and bringing that stuff back to me. I had to tell him, I can't do that no more. You know how hard that was? <laughs> but this is what, this is what uh, uh, God is trying to show Adam and Eve in the midst of the garden. He says, you can have everything, but that's going to give you high blood pressure if you, you eat it. It's going to give you diabetes if you keep on eating it. Adam starts to justify his actions. Now, this is something that, that we really have to understand as a church. Is that I can justify anything that I do. My wife says I'm good at it. And I say, no, I'm not. I'm telling you the truth. And she said, but how does she like a prosecutor. <laughs> she, but, then, but then when I think about it, i come go back and say, okay, yeah, you're right. You know, because at that point in time, I didn't want to be right. But we're all like that. We all want to be right at that point in time so we can justify our actions. Adam blames God. Now this one... (laughs) And I'm I'm thinking about this. Adam blames God. Now, I in fact want to use some some excerpts out of my own life. When my mother went home, my mother was a Christian. My mother loved the Lord. She, She was 46 years old when she went home of ovarian cancer. And I was 23 years old at that time. And I got so angry that I blamed God didn't that sound like Adam? The justification was was lord she was she was in you lord lord i I, I watched her get up on Sunday mornings with her guitar and go down to the church and, and play and stay after church and, and take pots of food to people who didn't have food and, and, and then go get clothes and, and, and give them. And then all of a sudden, you're going to tell me that she's going to die? I was angry. And I blame God. Isn't that what Adam is doing? Adam Adam said, "The, the woman you gave me, she made me do it. He's blaming God. And God is looking at Adam and saying to Adam, hold it back up. You had a choice. You could have said No. I did not give Eve dominion. I gave dominion to you. You could have said no, but yet you didn't. You chose your flesh over my word. Amen? Really something when you think about it. Then the woman Followed Adam. <laughs> She's watching her husband. How's he going to react to this? Now, now, now this, listen to this. The Bible said that God came in the cool of the eve and he talked to whom? Adam, right? Come on now, let's, let's, let's keep it real. His relationship was with Adam and, and, and Eve's relationship Relationship with God was through Adam to God. Come on now. Think about it. God went directly to the head. And then the relationship trickled down. Something took place. Eve was watching how Adam dealt with God, his father. So naturally, she followed suit. She, then the woman followed Adam and blamed the serpent. Oh, it was the serpent. You know, that, you know that, that joker you put in the garden that you knew was cunning? You put him here? It was him. He made me do it. I think that's what they get that saying for, the devil made me do it. But, but the reality of it is, is this. Now here's the reality of it is. The reality of it is, is that nobody made nobody do nothing. They already had a command. See, the command was, don't do it. The spirit is what? Willing. And the flesh is what? Weak. So so when Jesus says something in the New Testament, he's not just saying it because it sounds good. He is bringing it all the way back from the beginning and bringing it all the way back to where he's getting ready to bring in the new. First thing Jesus said, let not my will be done, but what? Your will. See? Now, all Adam had to do was say, no, Eve, I'm not doing it because God told me not to. See, what a lot of people don't realize is this, is that Eve didn't have any uh, authority. She didn't have dominion. I know I'm really breaking up some grounds here, but she didn't have dominion. Who did God give dominion to? Who did God say you name? He didn't tell Eve to do it, did he? So the minute Adam partook, that's when it was broken. Because God specifically told Adam, don't you do it. Eve could have sat there and nothing would have happened until the man who had the authority, once he partook, then everything went went crazy. But she blamed the serpent. I found interesting this. Now, now, now let's just check this out. Go back and read your Bible. God never asked a serpent anything, did he? He already knew that joker was cunning. He already knew he was going to do what? Lie. (laughs) He already knew it. He already, because it's already in him. He already knew he was going to lie. Let God be true and every man alive, he knew that the servant was going to look at him and tell, like my, like my mama used to tell, and tell until a bald faced died. Amen? The curse. Man had to work, and woman had the child pain, bearing pains. God also told her this. I need you to listen to this because like I said we're, we're, we're talking about communion getting under, really understanding communion God told her this he says and her seed shall bring forth salvation read the scripture he said your seed shall bruise it. he said your seed shall bring forth salvation. because what you did I'm going to have to use you in order to to bring salvation, so the same the, the same person that he conned, deceived, I'm going to use you to bring it forth. See so Eve is thinking that she's having these childbirth pains now, and oh Lord, I've been in the room when my kids were born <laughs> you know all oh, alive like, oh, let me get away from that. <laughs> oh good Lord. <laughs> But, see, God is a God that he'll use what made the mistake to fix the mistake.